Kurt, I am thankful that somebody translated scripture into West Virginian several years ago so I could be saved. <laughs> That's why I'm here this morning, so thank you for that. Well, tonight we're celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. 500 years. That is a long time. If, if we rewind 500 years, we find ourselves at a very different time, a very different place among different people who dressed differently, who thought differently, who, who viewed the world differently. Our technology and our transportation and our medical advances cause us to think, how did people even live 500 years ago? Because this building was a Lutheran congregation, housed them for 140 years, we have our very own Martin Luther window. See right here? We call him Marty Louie. Marty Louie. There is his very own window. That window is 109 years old. So even Charleston in 1908, very different place, very different people. The, the people who came and sat in these pews dressed differently and thought differently and were transported to this place in a different way than we are. Even more so in 1839 when this building was built. Time moves on. Culture changes, technology changes, dress changes, transportation changes, thinking changes. But the gospel of Jesus Christ never changes. 109 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, people entered into a relationship with the one and only true and living God in the exact same way that you and I enter into that relationship. Sola fide, by faith alone. Sola gratia, by faith alone. Solus Christus, through Christ alone. Sola Deo glorio, for the glory of God alone. And we know this good news. of The gospel of Jesus Christ, sola scriptura, through scripture alone. And that's what the Reformation celebrates, these solis. And so... We know that the age of this building, we know the age of the Reformation, we know the age that Reformation cry should cause all of us here to take a long view of things. It should help us to remember that God, who never changes, takes a long view of things. His work continues, the gospel continues over time and more time. And more time, and more time, so that you and I should take our time. We know, because Scripture tells us, that with God there is always a fullness of time. Galatians 4.4, 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. In all things, in all things, when the fullness of time has come. When God has completely filled up a moment so that that moment lacks nothing, so that that moment could contain no more in the fullness of time, God acts. And God's time is always right, never off, not even by a fraction of a second. When the time is full, when everything is as God wants it to be, Whatever the situation is in your life or mine, whatever the circumstance, God will act. Whether it's five days or five years 
or 500 years. You and I must not grow weary while we wait for the fullness of God's time. You and I must not grow weary while we wait for the fullness of God's time. Hope God's word will convince us of that truth this morning as we turn once again to Deuteronomy chapter 34. If you have your Bibles, please take them out. Take out your phone, whatever. If you don't have it, either of those in the pew in front of you, there should be a Bible. And when you found your place at Deuteronomy 34, I'm going to ask you to stand. And we will hear read together once again from Deuteronomy 34 verses 1 through 4. This is the word of the living God. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. And there the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negev, and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I've let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. Let's pray together. Lord, as always, always we are thankful for your word because it reflects the kind of God that you are, God who is not remote. God who is not distant, God who is not letting the world wind down on its own, but you are a God who is intimately involved in our lives. You speak your truth into our lives, and we ask you to do that now, Lord. Your truth and your truth alone, let it be heard. Father, as it's heard, may it be joined by your spirit, so that together, Between the power of your word and the power of your spirit, transformation takes place in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Once again this morning, we are with Moses and Moses is with the Lord. And together, the two of them are in what is probably a miraculous way looking out over the entirety of the promised land. All of it they can see from the top of Pisgah. And while the two of them are standing there together, in whatever way God is present with Moses, God interprets for Moses how it is that Moses should think and feel about everything that he's seeing in this moment. Apart from that, Moses might not look rightly. He might not understand rightly. Moses might see and feel disappointment in this moment. No, Moses, that's not the way to look at it. Moses might see and feel personal failure. No, Moses, that's not the way to feel about this moment. Moses might see and feel unfulfilled dreams. No, Moses... That's not the way to look at this moment. God interprets and God guides Moses' thinking and feeling in verse 4. Look there, Moses, here's what you're looking at. God says, this is the land I promised on oath. 
And so the way for Moses to look at this is a moment of joy. That the faithful God has faithfully kept his promise. That's the only way to think about all that Moses is seeing. The faithful fulfillment of a promise made by a faithful God. Even though the calendar has flipped 500 times since the promise was made and the promise is being fulfilled. It's the only way for Moses to feel good about what's happening. To feel joy instead of personal pain and disappointment. He's got to see it from God's perspective. If I could pick a song for Moses to sing to the Lord right now, in this moment, on on behalf of his people on Mount Pisgah, it would be this verse from Amazing Grace. And relax, I'm not going to sing it. I'll say it. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. Twas grace that brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us home. And that's the truth, right? Through the course of 500 years, many dangers, many toils, many snares encountered by the people of God. And by God's amazing grace, they're in this place on this day. Because God was always with them, multiplying them. Watching over them, teaching them, protecting them. God's grace was there for his people when they made bad choices. And believe me, if you've read the Old Testament, you know some of those bad choices. Dumb choices that God's people made. Faithless choices. Sinful choices. And yet God, by his grace, was still at work in them and through them. Now that's good news, isn't it? And now the promise is about to be fulfilled after such a long, long, long time. But here's the thing. 500 years after this moment that Moses is experiencing, God's people can still sing through many dangers. Toils and snares, I have already come. T'was grace that brought me safe thus far. And grace will lead me home. 500 years after that, God's people could sing the same song. You know where I'm going with that, right? We don't know how many more years will pass. It doesn't matter how many more years pass before the Lord returns because God's people can still sing through many dangers, toils and snares. I have already come. It was grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. And that's the point. You and I have to take the long view while we wait for the fullness of God's time in every situation because here's the thing in God's economy. The God who is outside of time, slow as we define it, is not a flaw. Slow is not a mistake. Slow is not a mess up. Slow is not necessarily a signal of ineptitude or lack of ability or lack of passion or lack of desire or faithfulness on our part. When God is at work, slow can be better than fast. When God's at work, slow can be better than fast. Because God's slowness is better than our fast. When slow brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes God's purpose. And if anything is clear from Pisgah, it's that God's promise was not fulfilled in a human instant. And that's the challenge for you and for me in 2017, a culture that doesn't value slow anymore, right? We don't have to. Why should we? 
We don't have to value slow. We have instant. We have instant food, right? Yeah, we all know about that. Microwaves. But if we decide, hey, I want to read a book while I'm eating my instant food, no problem. I will just download it on my phone. No trip to the library. No trip to the bookstore. Oh, well, no, I don't want to read. I want to watch something. And so we stream in an instant a movie or a series that we're binging on. Game of Thrones, shame on you. So we lose our ability to tolerate slowness. And that can have a hugely negative impact on our lives and particularly on our kingdom work. We've got to understand the way God works so that we can be okay with it. With the way God's working and the slowness of that work. Let's look at that way. Look in verse 4. God tells Moses, and we've read it for the fourth or fifth week in a row, that, that God made an oath. He made a promise to Abraham, and he did. Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. So Abram left and set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring... I will give this land. Now, that's God's promise. The big question mark for Abram in this moment, I I would think would be his age. Okay, Lord, I'm 75. My wife is 65. And we don't have any offspring to inherit anything. So I would imagine that Abram's expectation would have been that the Lord would fulfill this promise rather quickly. We, we could assume that given his age, Abraham might have assumed that God would fulfill this promise instantly. I don't know. But I do know this. One year passed. Nothing. Two years passed. Nothing. Five years passed. Nothing. Ten years passed. Nothing. As far as Abraham could tell, God had done nothing To fulfill the promise he made. The promise for which Abraham had given up everything to obey. But listen, slow can be better than fast. When slow brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes God's purpose. And so the Lord repeats his promise ten years later. Genesis 15. The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord... What can you give me since I remain childless? Then the word of the Lord came to him. A son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And God took Abram outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then God said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham might be getting weary after all these years, but... Slow is better than fast when slow accomplishes the purposes of God. But now, surely, after the second promise, God will act. The biological clock is ticking. Surely in the 11th year, God will fulfill the promise. Nope. Surely the 12th year. Nope. Okay. The 15th year for sure. Nope. The 18th year. Nope. The 20th year. Nope. 
But that's okay, because slow can be fast when slow brings about the fullness of time and accomplishes God's purpose. The 24th year, yes, surely in the 24th year, God will fulfill his promise. Nope. When do you start giving up hope? If you're Abraham. In the 25th year, after God made his promise, when Abram was 100 years old, God appeared to him and said, As for Sarai, your wife, you're no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed. I would laugh. And he said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at age of 90? Then God said, yes. Your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you'll call him Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. My covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. Well, when Sarah heard that she would have a son within a year, guess what she did? (laughs) She laughed. And she thought, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? It's easy to laugh at the promises of God, isn't it? But Sarah, slow can be better than fast when slow brings about the fullness of God's time. And guess what? With God, old can become as young. And so it's true that God fulfilled his promise. And Isaac, a son, was born to Abraham and Sarah, the first of the offspring that God promised. But that was only part of the promise. What was the purpose of the offspring to inherit the land? Abraham did not inherit the land. The only part of the promised land that Abraham owned was one cave. When Sarah died, he bought a cave to bury her in. That's all he owned. Abraham himself was buried in that same cave. And he passed on to be with the Lord without inheriting the land. But that's okay. Because slow can be better than fast when slow brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes God's purpose. And so now Isaac, Abraham and Sarah's son, it's his turn. He's up to bat. And the Lord appears to, to Isaac. Genesis 26, and he says to Isaac, I will be with you. And will bless you, for to you and your offspring I will give all these lands. And I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. I'll multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. And will give to your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. But Isaac died and guess what? He didn't inherit the the promised land. He was buried in the same cave with his mother and father, but that's okay. Because slow can be better than fast when slow brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes God's purpose. Now, it's Jacob's turn. Jacob's up to bat. And so God appears to Jacob, Genesis 28. Jacob had a dream, and you know about this dream. He saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord, and the Lord said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. 
I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. But neither Jacob nor his twelve sons nor their sons after them inherited the land. In fact, Jacob died in the land of Egypt and not in the land of promise. But that's okay. And you know why it's okay, don't you? Because slow is better than fast. When slow brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes God's purpose. After Jacob and his family went down into Egypt, 430 years pass. And Abraham's ragtag offspring of 70 who went down into Egypt multiplied and turned into multiple millions, one of whom is Moses, who now stands On the top of Pisgah with God. Slow can be better than fast. When slow brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes God's purpose. Now, here's the question. Have I wearied you in telling you this story that you know so well? I hope so. Because we need to enter into the reality that slow can be better than fast. When slow brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes God's purposes. And at least for Abraham and Sarah, God's slowness took away any doubt that the fulfillment of that promise came from any source other than from God. At their ages, they were helpless to fulfill the promise in their own strength. And so God had to make slow fast and God had to make old function like young and he did. And maybe that's why slow is so good even for you and for me because it makes us dependent on the Lord. And when we feel weary and worn out and when we've given up hope and God finally acts, then he unquestionably gets the glory. Make no mistake, God is also an instant God. Let there be light, boom, <laughs> there was light. Let there be trees, boom, you know, there were trees. God didn't need summer and winter and springtime and harvest and sun, moon, and stars and their courses above, right? He didn't need that. He didn't need a little tiny acorn from which to grow a mighty oak. He simply speaks, and in an instant it becomes But with God, slow can be better than fast. When slow brings about the fullness of God's time, accomplishes God's purpose. And so here's what God says to us, you and me, in his word. To people like us who don't like slow. For people that slow wearies. For those to whom slow steals away hope. Galatians 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. 2 Thessalonians 3, 13. As for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. Don't lose 
your motivation for continuing to do what is good and what is right. Don't lose motivation in your fight against sin. Don't lose your motivation for doing acts of love and justice and mercy. Don't lose your enthusiasm. Don't be discouraged. The express command of the Lord for us is not to grow weary. Do not grow weary, says the Lord to us. We don't know the fullness of God's timing, but we can't grow weary while we work toward it. See, I think God knows the tendency of our heart is to grow weary. When one and two and five and ten and twenty years pass, and we don't see God working, just like Abraham couldn't see it. We want to give up. Jesus knows about that. He knows how we're made, and that's why I included Luke 18 in the bulletin this morning. The story of the persistent widow. Jesus told that parable for an express purpose. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Don't give up. What makes you want to give up? Because I know you do. Because I know I do. Is it the timing of the results? You just don't see the results when you want them? Don't give up. Jesus said so. Is it the lack of results that you want to see? Don't give up. Jesus says that. And besides, slow can be better than fast. When slow brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes God's purpose. And you know what else? This is really good news. Jesus speaks into the weariness that comes to you and me. When we are experiencing the slowness of God's work in our lives. God says this. Jesus says this in Matthew 18. Come unto me, all who are what? Come unto me, all who are? That's what Jesus said. If you're weary, come to me and I will give you rest. And see, Jesus doesn't put parameters Around weary. Doesn't matter why you're weary. Jesus just says if you are weary. For whatever reason you are weary. Come to me and I will give you rest. That's how you and I make it. When we take the long view in life. It's the only way we can make it. And that is to rest in Jesus. And that's why you can continue to do good. And not give up. Over a long period of time. Even when you don't see the results you want. Because you are resting with Jesus, right? And that's why it's okay. That's why slow is okay. Because you're resting in the Lord. This is God giving us perspective. Just like he gave Moses perspective on Pisgah. This is God showing us how to think. And showing us how to feel about our lives. Don't grow weary. Stay close to Jesus. Solus Christus, live by grace, sola gratia, keep the faith, sola fide. This is how Abraham made it and how Sarah made it and how Isaac and Jacob made it. Abraham didn't even come close to seeing the fulfillment of the promise. But he took the long view of what God said and by faith he saw it. Hebrews 18, Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith Abraham... 
when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance. Obeyed and he went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. See, faith allows us to take the long view. Faith allows us to be okay with slow. Faith allows us to just be part of of God's bigger process. And so let's finish by bringing it down on a practical level. Probably things have come to your mind. Where you think God is a little bit slow, not doing what you want Him to do. And that could be in in a battle against besetting sin. It could be something you're praying for someone else. I don't know, but those things have come to your mind. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Remember, slow can be better than fast. When it brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes His purpose. I want us to think of Something very practical for us that we experience together as a congregation. Throughout this fall, we've talked a lot, a lot about people of peace, right? People that God has brought into your life. People that like you. People that want to be around you. People who listen to you even though they know you're a Christian and they are not. Those are your people of peace. Don't grow weary in those relationships. Remember, as you're interacting with your person of peace, that slow can be better than fast. When it brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes God's purpose. Don't give up after you've had them for dinner once or twice or three times and you don't notice any change. Keep inviting them. Keep doing good to them. Do you know how long it takes to establish relationships of trust and for people to know that you care about them? Your person of peace might be great. Woo! Lots of fun, happy, party person. Your person of peace might be difficult. And that might be why they're your person of peace because you're gracious to them and nobody else is because they are difficult people. Don't Give up. In the fullness of time, God will do whatever work He's doing in them, and you have to be okay with that. And you can be okay with that. When you remember that slow can be better than fast, when slow brings about the fullness of God's time and accomplishes God's purpose. You can be okay with that when you remember that Jesus takes the long view with you and me as well. And I'll finish up with this, almost. Ephesians 1. This unbelievable. 
For God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Can you believe that? Before the foundation of the world, the Lord knew about us. Chose us that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. That's a lot of work on God's part, isn't it? Over a really long period of time before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 2.10 For we, you and I, are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I like the New Living Translation. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. At the time of your creation, before you came into being here on earth, God had good things for you to do. And those things might be the very things that are wearying you right now. But God knew about them. And God planned them Planned them for you and you for them. And in some way, you right now are fulfilling those purposes. So find your rest in Jesus while you are fulfilling those purposes. And remember that with God, slow can be better than fast. When slow brings about the fullness of time and accomplishes God's purposes. Keep the faith. Don't grow weary while you wait for the fullness of God's time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just thank you that you are a faithful God. You made a promise to Abraham. And 500 years later, you had not forgotten the promise. Quite the opposite. You brought it into fulfillment. We thank you that that's the kind of God you are. And Father, your, your promises are so good. They're too good for you ever to forget. And your promises are such a blessing to all the people of the world. You would never forget them, but you will carry them out to completion. And we know, Lord God, that all your promises find their yes, their amen, their ultimate fulfillment in the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. Lord, we ask you to help us be okay with the way you do your work. Make us okay with slowness. If slowness is what you have ordained for us and for the good works to which you have called us and for which you have created us. Lord, help us pray persistently. For the fullness, the completeness of your time. And for the accomplishment of your good purpose in our lives. And Lord, especially I pray this morning for our people of peace. 
Father, keep our eyes open for those people in our lives. Remind us that you don't bring people into our lives for no reason. Father, help us to take our time with them, to be okay with slow, to never give up praying for them, never give up doing good for them, never give up on living out and speaking out the good news of the gospel to them. Help us live our lives, Lord, by faith in you, knowing that your time is the best and that your purpose is best for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.